The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rabbi of Kehillat Shari Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Pezrat Hashem, we will be discussing this week's parasha, Parashat Ba'era. One of the makot we know was that of kinim, of lice. And in Perek Chet, Pasuk Tetvav, it says, Vayamru hachatumim el paro. The magicians, the necromancers said to paro, Etzba elokim hi. This is the finger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Vayachazak de paro, and paro's heart became hardened. And he was not able to listen to them, like HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, that it would fall on deaf ears. The question the Mepharshim asks us is, what were the Hatumim saying when they said, What did that mean, What does it mean that there's a finger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We know, when when they saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they said, They pointed with their finger, and they said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out, Biyad Chazaka of Zohar Nituya. Took us out with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. Why is it that when it came to the Chatumim, they only said the words, Etzba Elokimi? So the Ramban and the Tzvah they write that Etzba is to minimize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's role in his affairs with this world. They wanted to say, Borei Olam completely left this world up to chance. It's governed by certain systems and stars and constellations and mazalot. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't deal with the day-to-day goings of what goes on in this world. It's sort of running on autopilot. And this fact that there's an aberration, some type of unique situation that they're being exposed to right now, is an etzba. It's not really HaKadosh Baruch Hu being completely involved. Yes, I agree. We'll give you a finger, Borei Olam, because... That much will get, grant you, but we're not going to give you the whole hand. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to say that I govern everything with a yad, with a complete hand. And, or, or at least we see Bizra and Nituya, at least in Astrash arm, even more than that. We see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha Bratit and Klalit in every action and facet of our lives. However, the Khartoumim did want, did want, wanted to deny that, and therefore they couldn't deny that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was performing an open miracle. But they had to give some credibility, so we have what's called modem miktzatatana, that they agreed to at least partially what's going on. And therefore, because they agreed partially to that, they said, Edzba Elokimi. It is only a finger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Also, the Mepharshim say, why was it called Elokim? And the answer they say is, Elokim is a lashon that there's no Shem Havaya, the Ramban says. That they wanted to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only Midat Adin. Interestingly, the Gemara tells us when the soon-to-be convert came to Shammai and he told him, to teach me Torah, Shammai pushed him away with his ruler and told him to leave. Hillel, however, told him, that what your friend hates, don't do. Everyone asks, isn't that in essence? The answer, the Marisha says, I believe, that when it comes to telling a Jew a positive trait, that resonates with him or her. However, to tell a Goy, they don't understand what that is, a positive commandment to serve Borei Olam. That's Shem Havaya. They don't understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Shem Havaya, Midat Rachamim, Midat Tuvo. Instead, they see Midat Adin. That they understand. So, 
you only can speak to a guy by telling him the law. Don't do what your friend would hate. That they understand. That they want to hear. But if you tell them what your friend hates, don't do. That they understand because there's a no involved. And that of midat elokim is something they understand. So therefore, the goyim, when they saw Akadosh Baruch Hu doing this, they didn't see it as a manifestation of bore olen bishem shem elokim, looking out for the interests of Kali and defending their honor. No. They saw shem elokim. They saw that of strict midat adin, strict justice. And therefore, that's what they were trying to say, that Borei Olam is not a God that's compassionate and looks out for His people. Rather, it's only Midat Elokim that's being governed right now. And that's why they said, Etzba Elokim Hi. We wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of this phenomena of lice, or little creatures that are almost imperceptible to the naked eye. And the question is, are you allowed to partake of such items? This is actually very relevant, as the Chavedat in Chelek Vav Siman Memzayin, and also in Chelek Aleph as well, he has a whole discussion about Tola'im, little bugs or worms that are lo that you cannot actually see to the naked eye, but yet you could be nera the microscope, that you could see through a microscope that through peering through you see that there's thousands or maybe even billions of little creatures scroll, uh, running all around on this item. And the question is, is that called nira le'enayim by using a microscope? The Chochmat Adam brings from the Binat Adam, the, who brings from the Sefer Abrit, that the Chochmeh HaMechkar, those are the, basically the scientists, they found that if, when you wanted to turn wine into vinegar, it's impossible for that to happen unless... There are some form of microorganisms that are at work and at play that now form the wine to ferment and become now a very strong vinegar. And the, these these chachamim, they came out saying that since it's done specifically through tolaim, through these type of microorganisms, therefore, the sefer abrit brings down, it would therefore be asur for a person to eat such an item where there's vinegar, where it's, you know the cause is done specifically through these microorganisms. And he says the only way he could get around from having uh, to be able to partake of this vinegar would be is, let's say, you cook it up, you heat it up to a boiling point, and then afterwards, you now filter it through a beged uh, av, through a very thick type of beged that holds any of and strains any of the the, these, uh, these germs, uh, these microbes, or whatever they are, and they are able to stay back, and a person will be able to partake of such vinegar. However, the Chachmat al-Dam is mosif on this, that of course, to say that Chometz by itself is Asur because of Toloim, that he says is impossible, and he brings two proofs to that. He says, first of all, in the Torah itself, we have the parasha of that of the Nazir, where it says, Chometz Yayin al that if you have vinegar, which is in essence fermented wine, even that a Nazir cannot partake of. What do you mean? Why can't he partake of it? The answer is because it came from the essence of wine. Essence of wine, you have a bigger problem. You're eating tolaim, you're drinking or partaking of something that the fermentation process took place via these microorganisms. And yet the Torah does not say you do not know do bishul, hartacha, you don't have to do being misanen, you don't have to do any of these steps that the, the Sefer Abrit brings down. He says also, by Rut Hanviyah, we find that it says, V'tavat pitech v'chometz. She dipped her bread into chometz, into vinegar. And again, we don't find that Boaz 
insisted that she would have to cook it, and then after the process of cooking it, she would have to strain it. You don't find such a thing. If it would have been a problem, that should have been the next necessary steps for a person to do. So therefore, the Chochmat Adam says that, of course, you cannot say it's a sur for having vinegar. There's no such problem. That's a chumrah that the Sefer Abrit has. He says, because if you do say that is Asur, you are now going to open a Pandora's box. For example, he says, if a person were to take regular beitzim, regular eggs, and take a microscope, now it's nirale naim that you could see there's an efroach. You could see that there's a possibility of a baby chick possibly being seminated, and now it's going to be a problem. It will be Asur for you to eat. So he separates by saying, just because you have tola'im bekoach, meaning they have the potential to have tola'im that could come and be manifested later, we don't look at that. Rather, we look at bipoel. What is manifested? If it's manifested by you being able to see bugs, then you could. A friend of mine was recently at a supermarket, and uh, the person was checking the lettuce, and while they were checking the lettuce, one of the store owners or the, the, the people who were the, the shopkeepers who were stocking the shelves came over to the person very concerned and said, is everything all right? He says, yeah, no, everything's fine. He says, I noticed that you've been standing here at the produce office for the past five minutes and you're checking something. Is there something you're looking for? Is there something wrong? He says, no, no, I'm just checking for bugs. Oh, no, sir. We make sure that there is no cockroaches or flies that get attached. He's saying, no, 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 I'm looking for thrips and all these different small little bugs if they could get attached to the outer layer. No, sir, we wash them and we make sure there's a pressure system. The Goyim, they don't understand that we have a much higher sensitivity and standard for these bugs. And what they consider, quote-unquote, bugs are much larger than what we'd say. Their nera eleinayim is not what we would call nera eleinayim for us. So you have to understand, nera eleinayim means seen to the naked eye. And we're going to see what's called nera eleinayim. There's ramifications for a few other things. Right now we discussed chometz, and now we discussed beitzin. And we're going to see some other things as well. In the Sefer Ma'arei Ha'or, he brings down, and the Aruch HaShofan concurs with this as well, that tola'in that are seen through a microscope in the kemach and the chometz that you, a person has, we say, lo chashashu chachamim b'chlal. That the chachamim never had such a havamini that we should even worry about that. He says, therefore, you don't have to worry. You can be, put your mind at ease. Everything is totally fine. In the she'elot u'tshuvot tuv tam v'dat, from that of Rav Shlomo Kluger, he brings down that from water, you do not have to have a chashash and says that even to have a chumrah of such a thing, you don't have to worry because the tolaim that are seen, since they were bahatchala, they were never abriya, he wants to say, in their mitziyot, therefore it would be okay. And he brings four examples that something, its entire abriya is that of isur. For example, animala, an actual insect. That actual insect, when it comes out into the world, it's 100% asur. Oftameh. You have a non-kosher species of bird that is also from its tchilat b'riyata. Gidanashe, the sciatic nerve. No matter how you cut it or slice it, it is asur. Whether it's notentam or innotentam, it gives a flavor or not. It's asur. Ever menachai. It is asur. You can't do anything about it. There's a whole discussion of what shechita is. Is it a materet of ever menachai? Or is it uh, something else that it's a new din that it allows the animal to be eaten? There's a whole discussion about that. But be that as it may, something says this, she'elot shuvot he says that something that's tchilat mitziuta is asura. That's what we're talking about. La fuke, as opposed to, let's say, of tahar shinit nabel, a person had a, a regular kosher animal or kosher fowl, and they did not do a proper shechita, or let's say you have shara niskal, which is an ox that multiple times wounded other or killed other people, 
and as a result of that, it's condemned to death. Again, before it did that, it was 100% kosher for one to partake of, but just something else caused it, a side reason caused it to be now asur. He says that the kreti also writes that the nemalim, since they never were poresh, they never separated when they were first created, therefore 100% their mutar, and even if they're perush afterwards, in other words, they go out, there's no isur mashhu, because it's not hatchalat isur, he says. And the kreti adds and says, this is not called sheret ashoret al ha'aret. This is not a squirmy, creepy thing that has now walked the land. It's never walked the land. Now, there are those that say that this kreti that's being quoted is going completely opposite the shitat arash, that the shitat arash is the exact opposite, that it's possible for something that, although it was never created, as being a problem, the fact is it could become asur, because it's now called the beria, that would be asur. The Beit David even brings a safek, he says that if such a creature was poresh, do we say it becomes asur or not? So you see that it's a very big discussion that this animal or this species that comes out as poresh, does it have a new din of being asur or not? This came to be very relevant a number of years ago when they started to do some didikot uh, and they found out that in the New York State, the level that they have in terms of filtering the water was not that great. And there were these cocoa pods, these actual nimalim that you were able to see. Uh, if you look closely at the water, you were able to actually see them swimming in the water. And there was a question, was that called nera le'enaim? Or you only noticed it when people made a big deal about it. And you definitely saw it under a microscope, if there was such a thing or not. So Ravelsky Zatzal, he weighed in and said, similar to what we said over here with the Tuvtan Badat, as well as the Kreti, which is that since the cocoa pods, their entire gestational pe- period is inside the water of where they are, he said that basically, since they were never Puresh outside of the water, therefore it's 100% fine. It's just like if, let's say, you found... You were to find, let's say, a, a, a nimala or an insect inside an apple that you just peeled, and now you were to partake of it, that would also be okay, because as long as it doesn't leave the confines of the apple, it's batel to the apple, it's not a shemberia. So same thing also with these creatures, since they're inside the water, they never were podesh, they never went out from there, therefore they would be 100% fine, and although other people argue, they were basing their argument on the shitat arash, for saying that even though... It started off fine, but once it's Poresh, it now is a Shem Beria, which is Afilo Be'elef Lo Batel. And that's why some people, to this day, they actually ha- still have on their water system some filtration system that they've improvised or they have put on to make sure that there is no cocoa pods that go to their running water. A number of years ago, Rav Heinemann told me that he went to Yavadol and the question that the Star K had was, they wanted to allow... Diet Coke to have a hechsher for kosher lepesach. And you're going to say, what's the big deal? So he says, I'm about to tell you something that after I tell you what it is, you probably will never drink Diet Coke before. So forewarned is forearmed. If you don't like this part, skip to the next two minutes ahead of this. But he said a story that the way it's processed for Diet Coke to have the aspartame, he says, aspartame, what it is, is the following. They take a huge amount of corn mash, and then they take a gigantic vial of billions and billions of microorganisms, looks like powder, he said. They open it up and they pour that powder of all this bacteria on top of the corn mash. Then they shut the 
seal uh, the container, and uh, they come back after 24 to 48 hours. When they come back after 24, 48 hours, the mash, instead of it looking like it normally did, has a totally different look. It's very white, very bubbly, and it has a specially sweet taste to it. What is that? All those microorganisms proliferated, and they were eating at the corn mash, and they were able to convert all of that corn mash from that of corn into aspartame. What is aspartame? Aspartame, he said, is it's the glalim, it's the excretions of the eating of the corn mash that now has that sickly sweet taste with no sugar, but it has a sweet taste to it. And that is what they put in Diet Coke. Now you're going to say, so what's the she'ela? The she'ela is, is that for Ashkenazim, having any derivative of corn is kitniot. And therefore, is that a problem or not? Or do we say it's nishtaneh, Abriya, that the Briya actually got changed. So Rabbi Yashem says that even though technically it's different, and normally we have the rule, kol but since it's a small Briya, you can't really tell the difference. He says the fact is, it's, since it came from corn mash, people will mix up and say, if I could have Diet Coke, which is from the excretions of corn mash, even though it was done by a certain process, he says that it would bring a person to Marit Ayin, and therefore... He said that it's best to stay away from such a thing. So he said other kashrut organizations obviously do not hold like that. They hold it's totally fine for them to go with a hachshed and say it's totally nishtana abriya, it's totally changed. But what you see from here is that using that of bacteria is actually an ingredient towards some items. So why is that not a problem that you're going to be consuming that? So it goes right into what we're about to talk right now, that they say that any briya. The, the Dogomer of Ava writes that any Tolaim that after Yud Bet Chodesh has no Etzem eventually will die. So the argument is, is that since this aspartame is kept for a long time, most probably all those microorganisms or bacteria that was inside is eventually going to perish by being locked up and having nowhere else to go. So it's Nechshav Ke'afar. And therefore if a person was Mivashel and he's parush from them, he says, although Baal Nefesh should be Machmir, he sa- and he says a person should not be mekil in this klal, yet there are people that say it's totally fine, and that is obviously what the other kashrut organizations hold, that people want to have Diet Coke for Pesach, it's not considered kidneyot because it's such a shinoi from what the original thing was, that we say that this item now completely changed. The point is, you see, that these items get changed through the bacteria and the microorganisms. The Chavedad says on the Kreti, he says, I don't understand. You're telling me that this is not a problem? What are you talking about? The Ramam himself writes, Lokin al Putita, that there's a certain type of creature, a creepy crawly creature, that a person would get four Malkut for eating such a thing. Why? The Ramam writes, Sheparsha, because since it was Poresh, and now it has a Shembriya, therefore it's Shratzim. So it is Domet again on Hashem Chelev, that even inside the mother's womb, they were also Asur, and even though it never went anywhere. So also over here, you should say it's a problem, says the Chavetad. Don't tell me it's not a problem, it's a big problem. And the Chidah adds that Tonaim are considered a Bria, because in the beginning we know that they're eventually going to separate, and therefore they should be Asur because of themselves. So you see, there is a big machloket about this, about whether or not we say when it's Poresh, when it separates, is that considered a separation or not? And although the Kreti and the Tutam Badat Many people, they seem to knock away their sfarot and say that they're not happy with that because there seems to be a stira in the ran. What will be the halacha in such a case? Therefore, if a person wants to be mekel, they could, 
because they definitely have who to rely on. The Teferet Yisrael in Misachat Avodah writes from a Godol Echad that he held it was mutar to eat a dug, a fish, that if a person wants to see the kaskasin, he wants to see the scales, and you can only see it through a microscope, is that considered nirale inayim? So the Tiferet Yisrael, he argues on this Gadol Echad and says, you can't say such a thing. Because we have a rule that something, an, a kosher species of kaskeset, of these, uh, these, uh, the, the, this type of skin, it's able to peel off like a sleeve off a shirt. It's not attached to your, your shirt. Your shirt is not attached to your, your arm, but it's able to peel off easily. So to the same thing also, if you want to know if a dog is kasher or not, if you're able to pull off and it comes off like armor, the Gemara Chulin tells us, a person should know that's the same thing as well. So if you have to come onto that you're able to look at the microscope, says the Tiferet Yisrael, that must be it's considered a problem and it's actually attached very well and that will be a problem rendering it not good. There are some people that say that what they were referring to specifically is the eel because an eel, it has fins and it has microscopic scales. And there's some people that want to say that eel therefore is kosher because it has microscopic scales. So again, the Chacham Echad was arguing that. Obviously, Tefet Yisrael did not hold like that. And he brings the proof. He says, because if you're going to go with a microscope, then uh, if you were to check an animal's uh, lungs, you would find holes. Because there's min- minuscule holes. There's for sure little holes. Or the Re'a. Or let's say you check other body parts. Or other Evarim. Or you're going to have other issues, like we'll see in a second. In the Shelot Shuvot, Yisa'ish, he brings down a question that if a person... Uh, is able to see with a microscope, is that considered uh, valid or not? He says, just, you see, peel back on the skin, and it won't even be a question. And uh, he brings down, as well, Chamavadi brings from the Shalot, Shalot Mayim Chaim, from Rev Meshash Zatzal, from Yerushalayim, that an etrog, as well, has to be not with a microscope. So people that pull out the loop, and they're looking for problems, is not correct in what they're doing. You just have to see, is Nerade and you could see it or not, and that's it. Make the purchase on it. And the Shelot Shuvot, Dove Mesharim, the Chibin he says as well, that Sefer Torah as well, it has to be a Sefer Torah, it has to be what's called Mukaf Kvil, that surrounding the actual letter, it has to be completely surrounded by that of Kvil, of that of the scroll of the Sefer Torah. And sometimes, older Sefer Torah, they eventually start to get wear and tear, and they start to get little holes on the, on the outside of where the the otiyot are written. And the problem is then, now you're going to have a problem. It's not mukav gevil, because I could see that it's actually a hole next to it. And again, he says, no, it has to be that it is seen by the eyes. Seeing a microscope is not seeing the eyes, and therefore, that would be a problem here as well. So, what we discussed was the idea of etzba elokim. We discussed the idea of akadosh baruch they only gave him a finger. It's only elokim, midat elokim. When it comes to kinim, when it comes to life, small, imperceptible, creatures, how much of a discussion is there? We discussed the question of chometz, of vinegar, we discussed the question of betzim, we also said the tuvdam vedat, that says anything that's osrbat chala, this is not osrbat chala, the kreti that says that they never really left, and he brings a pasuk that says, sheretz hasharet al ha'aretz, they never left, and therefore they're fine. We said the Beit David has a safek, if that's considered poreshana, the chavetat argues on the kreti, and he says, the Ramam says clearly that once it separates, it is Asur, and he says those proofs that you brought, if we were to able to pull it out of the mother's stomach, we would say it's Asur as well. We said from the Chida that a person uh, needs to know that that uh, Tolaim are always considered a Beriyah, no matter what, and therefore it would be Asur. We said from the Dagomer of Ava that after 12 months, 
there, since there's no skeleton, eventually it will perish, and therefore some people say the same thing also over here. We discussed the idea of the Diet Coke and the Kashrut issue. We said the story with the cocoa pods, and even though the Kareti Pleti and the Tubzamadat, they were Nidche, people pushed off their proofs. However, we said you definitely could be Samech on them. We discussed three more questions, that of the Dagin, with the Tiferet Yisrael, that quoted from a Gadol Echad, presumably speaking about an eel, and he's, this Gadol said that it would be 100% fine, because you could see the scales in a microscope, and we said that's not near the You just see if it could get pulled off, most likely the skin cannot get pulled off, separated from the Kaskasim, from the, the scales. And we said also when it came to that of an Etrog, it has to be near the And finally, that of a Sefer Torah, that has to be Mukaf Kavil, has to be completely surrounded for it to be considered a kosher Sefer Torah or a Stam. And in this case, it was not any of that. And therefore, it comes out, says Chamavadia, that if a person see, sees an item and does not see to his eyes that this is an issue, it's 100% for this person to partake of it, not even Bidiavad, even Lachatchila, because a person has to be able to live. And of course, there's bacteria surrounding all of us. And if we were not able to have bacteria, many of us would not be able to be alive. So the fact of the matter is, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it this way, that these creatures that are crawling all over us are actually made to make us thrive and survive. And, that, and that's obviously Midat Rachamim, not Midat Adin. Shabbat Shalom. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.